0: Thursday, March 8th, 2018, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City that is Denver, Colorado. You know, we do get together, we talk sports every day, try to talk sports with a little bit of common sense, try to remove emotion from it, and just take a look at things logically in the world of sports. Try not to take ourselves too seriously, and we are happy to have you here with us today on The Dose. Happy Thursday to you. We are slowly progressing through another week. If you would like to reach out and contact the show, did hear from a few listeners this week, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at DailyDoseSports at gmail.com or reach out to us over on Twitter or Facebook. Both of those handles are at DailyDoseSports. Maybe you've got a question. Maybe you have a suggestion. Had a couple people just recently suggest some ideas for some top five lists. Would love to hear from you. Maybe you have an idea for a top five list and you never send it to us. Well, it's never going to get on if you don't ever tell me. You might want to reach out to us. You can find us on email or over on Twitter or Facebook, and we would love to hear from you. Hey, we've got a lot to get to today on this Thursday. There are a few stories coming out today, including one that is a little bit odd. I'll warn you ahead of time. Got to get to all those, some things moving around in the NFL, going to talk that a little bit. And as we do every single Thursday, we do have our daily dose over reactions of the week as we react to some of the biggest storylines that are coming out in the world of sports. And we just kind of take a look at them and see, do they make any sense? Are they worth our time? I know we're being told that they're important, but are they truly important? Or sometimes are we just being fed some silly stuff? You know, it's funny, because on Thursdays, we just kind of take a look around at some of the sports media. And I always think, I'm always thinking to myself, I don't know if I'm going to have anything to talk about this week. It never fails to disappoint. We always have the sports media world overreacting about something. Never fear, they always come through for us. Okay, like I said, we've got a lot to get to today. First and foremost, there is a little bit of breaking news coming out in the NFL, because it seems that the Seattle Seahawks are trading defensive end Michael Bennett and a 7th round draft pick to the Philadelphia Eagles for a 5th round pick and wide receiver Marcus Johnson. Now, it looks like the Eagles pass rush is going to consist of Michael Bennett, Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, and Brandon Graham. And the Eagles are basically getting Michael Bennett for nothing. A 5th round pick and a backup wide receiver? Unbelievable. Seems like right now, the rich are just getting richer in the NFL. And it is looking like the Seahawks are starting to turn the page on that era that did get them to a couple Super Bowls and win them one. You know, it won't surprise me to see Seattle move some more people from this roster as they are trying to free up some salary cap space. They don't have much. So don't be surprised if you see a couple more guys get moved around before this is all over. Meanwhile, what is the deal with Philadelphia right now? Can I just ask that? It seems that everyone is just going out of their way to give the Eagles anything they want. Just give them everything for nothing. What is going on? Remember, the Philadelphia Eagles just got Jay Ajayi during the season for like, I don't know, a box of donuts or something. (laughs) Now they get Michael Bennett for, I don't know, some ice capade tickets or something. What is going on? Why are people helping Philadelphia so much? Telling you right now, Philly fans, and I know we do have some Philly fans out there, telling you right now, I'm not going to feel bad for you when Michael Bennett gets harassed by your Philly cops. I'm not. I mean, mostly because that will probably mean they asked him for an autograph and he'll tell the media that they threatened his life. But still, I'm not going to feel bad when they come up and give him a hug and say how much they love him and he's their favorite player and they have his jersey. Because that's not the story that's going to come out to us. You know it won't be. I don't know what the deal is. After years and decades and like centuries, things are suddenly just coming up eagles right now. I don't understand what's going on. What's next? Philadelphia's going to get LeBron? The right things are going, they just might. I don't know. Here's a story that we have to talk about. It's a little bit confusing, and I'm not sure we're getting the full story, and I'm a little bit concerned about it, but we have to talk about this. And pardon me in advance when I screw up pronunciations here. You'll understand in a minute. It seems that South African triathlete Malengi Gwala is recovering in a hospital after a roadside attack left him seriously injured. It seems that some unknown assailants attacked him while Gwala was on a training ride on his bicycle before dawn in the coastal city of Durban. He was dragged off the road by three attackers. Wait for it. You know it's coming. He was dragged off the road by three attackers in what they think may have been an attempted robbery. He was found by a local security company and taken to a hospital after the attack. A spokesperson for Gowala said the following. It seems that Gowala was attacked on his bicycle, drug off to the side of the road, and the assailant Seemingly attempted to cut off his legs with a chainsaw. What? The Associated Press has spoken to Guala, who is 27. He's awake after surgery. And apparently a representative for Guala said that the attackers sawed into his right calf, damaging muscle, nerves, and bone. They missed the main artery though. Surgeons are confident they can save the leg. The spokesperson also said that attackers started sawing into Guala's left leg before fleeing, enabling the athlete to crawl to a road and flag down a passing car to take him to a hospital. Guala's athletic sponsor confirmed that the initial motive for the attack appears to be robbery. He tried offering them his cell phone and some money, but they pinned him down and tried to saw off his leg with a chainsaw. So much about this story I'm confused about. First off, who robs someone with a chainsaw? I'm not sure I've ever heard of that. I'm not sure if I've ever heard of anyone walking down the street. They walk down an alley, guy steps in behind them. Hey, just stay right where you're at. I want you to drop your wallet on the ground and I want you to walk away. I've got a chainsaw under my jacket. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of anyone going into a bank and saying, put all the money in the bag. I've got a chainsaw and I'm not afraid to use it. I I don't understand what's going on. Is this really like, is this really what happened? The spokesperson for Guala said that he was told the assailants were speaking in a language that Guala did not understand. I haven't quite come to grips with exactly what happened. It seems like they pulled him into a bush while he was on a training ride. They had a chainsaw and they tried to cut off one of his legs. That is the concerning part. You think? Yeah, I'm thinking that's pretty concerning. We don't know yet how far they got into his leg or whether or not they were really trying to cut it off. First off, if they had a chainsaw, I'm assuming they were trying to cut it off. Let's just go ahead and connect these two dots, okay? All we know is that Malengi is alive, he is talking, and he is under medical care. We don't have the whole story yet. This is the most bizarre story I've ever heard in my life. A triathlon athlete, is out training on a bike he gets drugged into the bushes and someone attempts to saw his legs off with a chainsaw. Nothing about this story makes any sense whatsoever. I don't understand it. Uh, whatever I it just I, hey I'm just the reporter i'm just I'm just telling you the story. Now, I hate to bring this up. I really do because I don't have a clue who would commit such a horrible act like this attacking this poor athlete outdoing his thing with a chainsaw. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I realize that this day and age, I probably shouldn't bring this up. It is a politically correct world we live in. We're not supposed to say certain things about certain people and that kind of thing. But I have to ask this. In this case, this athlete out there getting attacked, getting his legs attacked by a chainsaw, I, I don't understand it, but I have to ask this question. Can anyone account for where Tanya Harding was when this happened. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just saying, I don't know where she was. I'm going to go ahead and need a good alibi from her. Hey, coming back, we will have our weekly Daily Dose segment. That's right. The best overreactions from the sports media world. What nonsense are we being told this week? Before we do get to our overreactions of the week, another story coming out in college basketball it sounds like the Memphis Tigers are considering firing head basketball coach Tubby Smith and replacing him with Penny Hardaway, the former NBA player. The rumor is that Hardaway would target Larry Brown as an assistant coach were he to replace Smith, according to the report. Of course, we all remember Penny Hardaway. Played for Memphis from 91 to 93, became a four-time All-Star in the NBA before some knee issues finally forced him from the game. Now, currently... Penny Hardaway coaches East High School in Memphis, Tennessee. He also does run an AAU program on one of the Nike circuits. He coaches two to three top 50, top 60 players in the country. And that, my friends, would be why Memphis would be going after Penny Hardaway. Because I promise you, Tubby Smith has forgotten more about coaching than Penny Hardaway knows. He's just done it too long. He's done it for too many years. He's coached too many great teams and too many great athletes. But here's the thing. Penny Hardaway apparently has connections. Penny Hardaway apparently knows some top-notch talent, And that right there might be enough reason for him to get a Memphis job just coming from high school. Now, here's the one word of caution that I will throw out there about hiring Penny Hardaway. And this isn't about Penny. I have no idea about Penny's coaching acumen. I don't know. I do know this. I know that Tubby Smith is a very, very good coach. He probably just doesn't have the players. But here's the one word of caution I throw out there about hiring Penny Hardaway. Many of these former professional players that haven't coached at that level, Division I basketball, at a big-time college that has big-time expectations. They have no idea how much time and how much commitment is expected on this job. They don't realize how much time they will have to spend on this job because it is a job that never ends, ever. You have the preseason, and you're recruiting in the preseason, and you have the regular season, and you're recruiting then, and then you're trying to get your team ready. And then you have the postseason and you're recruiting then and you're trying to get your team ready. And then you have after the season, in the offseason, and you're recruiting then and you're trying to get your team ready. It never stops. It just starts over and over and over again. You're putting in like 20-hour days. You know, I've been fortunate enough to go to some big-time universities, to go to the coaching offices of some big-time Division one coaches. I've actually walked into their offices and I have seen Every one of them has one specific thing in common on college campuses. When you go to a big time division one college basketball coach's office, they have one thing in common in their office. Every one of them has a bed in their office. It's not because they get tired during the day and just like to take a nap whenever they feel like it. No, it's because these college coaches are putting in 20 hour days and they just try to grab an hour or two when they can and they don't get to go home. And I always worry when I hear about these guys that are coming out of the high school ranks or they hear about these guys that were former athletes and they're like, oh yeah, I think I'd like to coach a little while. I'll go coach college, but slow down. You might not realize what it is that you're getting into and it can be so much more demanding than you ever realized. Okay. As we do every single Thursday, we have got to get to our overreactions of the week because every week we like to take a look around at the sports world and see what overreactions they might be jamming down our throat. And usually, we just hear these things and we say something simple. That was an overreaction. We've got a few this week. A few things. We've got some things in the NFL. We've got some things in college basketball. We've got a few things to get to this week. One thing that I'm hearing locally here in Denver, and I am here in Denver, obviously, it is Denver Bronco Talk 365 days of the year. Whatever. One of the things that we are hearing here in Denver is that free agent tight end Jimmy Graham is a lock to become a Denver Bronco, and he would bring some excitement to an offense here in Denver that desperately needs it. Hey, I'm not disagreeing with it. Jimmy Graham may very well end up in Denver. I don't have any inside information on whether or not he's going to be a Bronco or not. I am, however, arguing that that would be a good fit. Here's the thing. The Broncos need another guy that can't block Kind of like they need another quarterback that can't throw. (laughs) The biggest problem with this Denver Bronco team right now, they have a horrible offensive line that can't protect their very below average quarterbacks. So why would you go get a guy that is known for the fact that he can't block? So why would you go get a guy that is known as being a guy that cannot perform the task that they need the most? Jimmy Graham is a very good pass-catching tight end. That is not a good fit for the Broncos right now. They can't protect a quarterback well enough to throw to a tight end. They can't protect a quarterback well enough to throw to anyone. Jimmy Graham is a fine player, and I'm sure he will fit in somewhere. He may end up in Denver. I don't think it's a good fit. I don't want Denver to sign Jimmy Graham. I don't think that's a good fit for what they need. They need people that can protect the quarterback. Right now, I think I'd rather have Billy Graham than Jimmy Graham. Another one that we are hearing this week, nationally, is that the Philadelphia Eagles are taking calls on Nick Foles. Hey, we told you he was going to be moved this offseason. The Eagles aren't just going to keep Foles on the roster when they have Carson Wentz coming back. We told you he's going to be moved, and the Eagles have admitted they are now fielding offers. Here's one thing to keep in mind. Every team is taking calls on every player. You would be crazy not to take calls. Like, if you were to call the Patriots right now and say, hey, are you taking calls on Tom Brady? Well, I don't know. What's the offer? We're going to give you our next 15 first-round draft picks, and we're going to throw in Aaron Rodgers. Well, of course they're taking calls. No kidding Philadelphia's taking calls on Nick Foles. What if someone calls in with a crazy offer? They would be foolish not to at least hear it. But here's the thing. I still don't think Nick Foles is moving, not this season. We don't even know If Carson Wentz will be ready for the start of the season, are you seriously telling me they're going to trade away his backup? They don't know how he's going to look when he comes back. Yes, they're going to field the offers. And if they get something that's just outlandish and crazy, you'd have to at least entertain it. But are they sitting there shopping Nick Foles? No, slow down. Another thing that we're hearing coming off the NFL combine is that UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen Really impressed some people at the NFL Combine with his interview skills. Seems like a pretty good guy. We had heard all these reports about Josh Rosen kind of being a jerk. Maybe he's not that nice of a guy. Doesn't seem like he really likes football that much. But hey, he came off as a really nice guy. Now, we already knew the measurables were there. We already knew physically he could do some good things. But now he's a really good interview too. Here's. Couple problems with that. First off, what'd you expect him to do? Come in and like cursing and spitting at the reporters. Secondly, one of the things that is being reported, and I don't know if it's true or not, but there is a report out there that Josh Rosen was asked at the combine about an interception he had thrown. And Rosen asked the reporter if he had ever played quarterback before. Now the Rosen supporters are going to say, Hey, you want some cockiness to your starting quarterback. You want him to have a little arrogance, don't you? And to a point, that's totally true. I mean, take a look like Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Aaron Rodgers is kind of a cocky guy. Tom Brady, no question. Tom Brady has a little bit of arrogance to him. I totally get that. But I'm not sure that I've ever seen them talk down to a reporter like that. Yes, they do have a little bit of cockiness about them. This is a different deal. Josh Rosen, I have a lot of questions about that guy. I'm trying to, you know, it seems to me That I've kind of seen this sort of attitude before in a college player. I'm trying to think of who it was. Oh, that's right. These are the exact same qualities that we saw in Jay Cutler. He has all the measurables. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk, but hey, you want your quarterback to be arrogant, don't you? I I guess, but it's a different kind of thing. Jay Cutler, yes, he was arrogant. He was also just kind of a jerk, and his teammates didn't even seem to like him. I'd be very, very careful about drafting Josh Rosen. And I swear, if he comes to Denver, we're going to have a whole show where I just cuss at John Elway. I promise you that right now. Bayer beware on any of these quarterbacks way too early. I still think Buyer beware very, very much on Josh Rosen coming out of UCLA. Hey, coming back, we will continue our overreactions of the week. The Cleveland Browns are being told who they should draft with the top pick in the draft. And apparently, we do have a big dog in the upcoming NCAA tournament. Who knew? Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose, where you can pick up the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, movies, and video games. March's Loot Crate theme, it's called Playback, and it features items from Back to the Future, Sonic the Hedgehog, Dungeons and Dragons, and The Simpsons. And the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just make sure you type in Daily Dose in the coupon box, we're going to get you 10% off of your order. And maybe you hear those franchises right there and it might not be anything you're interested in. If you go over to Loot Crate, they have anything you can think of. The cool thing about going to Loot Crate, you can order a single crate, you can order a monthly subscription of crates, or you can just get individual items and they have so many different things over there. You're going to find what you need. Make sure that you stop by LootCrate.com. Gotta continue with our overreactions of the week that we do every single Thursday. And a couple more that we have right here concerning the NFL, one of the overactions that I'm hearing this week, and we're hearing this from a number of people in the sports media world, is that if the Cleveland Browns do not select running back Saquon Barkley with the top pick, it is a huge mistake. And once again, the Browns are screwing up this draft. Hey, it's what the Browns do, right? They screw up draft picks again and again and again. It seems like every single year, the Cleveland Browns have the top pick they always manage to pick the wrong guy. If they don't take Saquon Barkley, it's going to be a monumental mistake. And that might be true. There is a chance that is true. Saquon Barkley looks to me like a special talent. He is a perfect combination of great size, with great skills, a great attitude. He has everything you would want in a draft pick. But here's the other side of that. If the Cleveland Browns were able to trade down in this draft, if the Cleveland Browns were able to add more pieces to a roster that I think we can all agree, they need someone everywhere. It's not like you sit there and say, hey, they're just a player or two away. No, they need help over their entire roster. If they could trade down from that top pick and they could still pick up two, three, maybe four more players with that, With these picks in the draft, I think the Browns would be foolish not to do that. Like, you at least have to look at the idea of, we don't just need help with one guy. Yes, picking a running back would be nice. He looks like a stud. But we need help everywhere. Just getting a running back doesn't necessarily turn us into contenders. Getting two, three quality players, that might help. Remember this. When you think about taking Saquon Barkley with that top pick... And I would be hard pressed not to. Just seeing what I have seen from Saquon Barkley, it would be really, really tough for me not to take him with the top pick. But I'm just throwing this out there. Remember this. The average lifespan of a running back in the NFL is only about four to five years. They just get hit on every play. Pick a play. The running back gets hit. It's a pass. Maybe he stays in the block. He's getting hit. They hand it to him, he's getting hit. He goes out for a screen, he's getting hit. The running backs get hit on every single play. Everybody on the field is trying to kill the running back. And you do wonder if the Cleveland Browns drafting Trent Richardson not that long ago would kind of creep into their mind and say, uh, we got him. That kind of scared us off. Plus, we know the lifespan of a running back doesn't last that long. It won't surprise me one bit to see Cleveland trade out of this pick. And if they can get some value, and if they can get some more picks, I think they'd be foolish not to. I think it would be a good idea for them to trade out of this pick. Another one that we are hearing is that the NFL teams that miss out on signing Kirk Cousins as a free agent are striking out in a big way. We keep hearing that Kirk Cousins is going to be signing with the Minnesota Vikings next week. And if he does, that is a huge blow for teams like Denver teams like Arizona? What about someone like the Jets? I don't think the Browns are really in consideration, but there are some teams out there that really need a quarterback. And if Kirk Cousins signs with Minnesota, those teams are really going to take a huge hit. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, haven't we just seen in the past few years that there are a couple different ways that you can get to a Super Bowl title? You can go get a big name quarterback you can try to surround him with whatever help you can then afford after you pay him all of his money. The New England Patriots come to mind. They pay Brady a good amount of money. Now, one thing about Tom Brady that I do think is always, always understated is how he has always been willing to work his deal to bring on more guys. Never forget that. But you do also have another path to Super Bowl victories. You could have a lesser paid quarterback and then surround him with a bunch of talent. The Seattle Seahawks did it with Russell Wilson. The Philadelphia Eagles just did it with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Here's the thing. Let's not forget, we see teams overpay their quarterbacks, and then they struggle to surround them with a ton of talent. Like, I don't know, the current Baltimore Ravens or the current Detroit Lions. We see that. Now, these other teams, a team like Denver, You could sit there and say, well, if Denver misses out on Kirk Cousins, they're really missing it. I'm not sure if they are because they have a million other holes to fill. That defense needs to be rebuilt. Their offense needs more skill position players. They need to rebuild that offensive line. If they don't get Kirk Cousins, okay, go sign a lesser quarterback for lesser money and surround him with better talents. I'm not going to buy that Kirk Cousins is a Super Bowl champion or bust kind of player. I don't know if he is. He might be with Minnesota. But if you put Kirk Cousins, say, on Buffalo, does that make them the Super Bowl champs? I don't think so. And a team like Buffalo might be much better off going and getting that lesser quarterback and surrounding him with a ton of talent. Not sure that Kirk Cousins is a boom or bust guy like they're trying to make him out to be. Our final sports overreaction of the week is one that I've just been hearing in the last couple of days. Been saying for a long time, this NCAA tournament looks wide open. I don't have any idea who's going to win it. There are probably 10 to 12 teams that can win March Madness. There is not a true big dog out there. There are a few good teams. There are no great teams. But I have been hearing in the last couple days that there is a great team. The Virginia Cavaliers are the big dog and they should be treated that way. Everyone's saying the tournament is wide open. Virginia is clearly the best team that is going to be in this tournament, and no one's paying any attention to them. Hey, I'll be the first to admit Virginia doesn't get much respect. Some of that is the way that they play. It's their style of play. They play defensive basketball. They try to shut you down. It's not always pretty. Sometimes it is a grind you down 49 to 46 win. And that is one of the reasons I think that a lot of people look at them and go, eh, they could get beat. If you can go in and score 50, you just might beat them. Hey, I like Virginia. But I'm not sure that they're that much of a big dog. Remember, they do have two losses this year. And I know they only have two losses. But they lost to West Virginia. And they lost to Virginia Tech. Those aren't exactly the top teams in the country. Virginia is a very, very good basketball team. They are probably a slight, slight favorite to win the whole thing. But you've got Michigan State. You've got Duke. You've got North Carolina. You've got Michigan. You've got someone like Gonzaga. Arizona is very talented. There are plenty of other teams out there that are also right up there with Virginia as one of the big dog teams. Again, this tournament is going to be full of some very, very good teams. There isn't a great team. And I don't think this Virginia team is a great team. They are good. They are very good. And if they're playing well, and if they take care of things, they'll have a chance as much as anyone. Are they the head and shoulders above everyone favorite? No, they're not. And honestly, if I were to ask you, Daily Dose listener, what is it you think of when I say Virginia basketball, what would you say? You know what your answer would be. It'd be Ralph Sampson losing the Chaminade. You know that's what it would be. I really like Virginia. I think they will be a tough out in the tournament. Are they a huge favorite? No. No, they're not. They're right up there with about seven or eight other teams. Should be a very, very fun tournament. Make no mistake. It is a wide open tournament. Virginia's got a shot and so do a few other teams. It is going to be a very, very fun NCAA tournament this year. Hey, tomorrow is Friday. And of course, we will be looking at the latest sports news and stories. And we will also be looking forward to the weekend and giving you a preview of what you just might want to tune in and watch. Plus... As we do every single Friday, we will have our Daily Dose Top 5. You know you never want to miss that. have to say thank you so much for listening to the Daily Dose every day. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the questions and the suggestions. It is all very, very appreciated. Thank you, more importantly, for sharing the show. You know that we appreciate that. have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.